booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Frank Diaz in Ford Dev Valentine with your new sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. A third set of peace talks between Russia and Ukraine ended yesterday with little progress between the warring nations. Russia says it will half of its attacks halt its attacks in the Ukraine if it agrees to give up three key regions. The United States is collecting evidence of possible war crimes and violations of international law by Russia during the ongoing invasion. The Supreme Court left in place an opinion that overturned comedian Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction, rejecting a bid to review the decision. Opening four borough jails to replace Rikers Island is becoming a politically explosive issue for Mayor Eric Adams amid outrage over the city's crime surge. Well, a third set of peace talks between Russia and Ukraine ended yesterday with little progress. As a Ukrainian official said, the Kremlin was engaging in, quote, tactics reminiscent of medieval siege warfare. After the talks broke up, Ukrainian negotiator Mikhail Podolyak tweeted, there are small positive subductions in improving the logistics of humanitarian corridors. Intensive consultations have continued on the basic political block of the regulations, along with the ceasefire and security guarantees. His Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. We are realists. We will continue talking and insist on talking until we find a way that will allow us to tell our nation, here is how we will secure peace. Peace. We must be aware that each day of fighting, each day of resistance, creates better conditions for us, makes our position stronger to guarantee our future in the world. Meanwhile, French news agency AAFP reported that Russia's main negotiator said Moscow's expectations are, quote, not fulfilled. The latest negotiation attempt came as Russia continued to pound its neighbor with bombs and bullets on the 12th day of its brutal invasion. Well, President Vladimir Putin's spokesperson said Russia has told Ukraine it will halt its invasion in a moment if Kiev agrees to give up three key regions. Moscow is demanding Ukraine cease military action, acknowledge, acknowledge Crimea as Russian territory, and recognize the separatist republics of Donetsk and Lugansk as independent states. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said Ukraine was aware of the demand. Peskov did not reveal whether Russian troops would withdraw completely from Ukraine if the conditions were met, only that the fighting would stop. Here he is on I-24 News. Objectives are very simple, and they were actually explained by, by our president, President Putin. We want to see demilitarized Ukraine. We want to see Ukraine free uh, from uh, Nazi ideology and Nazi elements. The deadly invasion, which provoked outrage across the world and led to heavy sanctions on Moscow, has already heavily pounded cities, including Kiev, Kharkiv, and Mariupol. Well, a National Security Council spokesperson told NBC News on Monday that the United States is collecting evidence of possible war crimes, human rights abuses, and violations of international law by Russia during the ongoing Ukraine invasion. The statement comes as, you, as Russia has been widely condemned for its attack on Ukraine, which has included shelling of civilian areas that has driven more than one and a half million refugees out of the country. It also comes a day after a New York Times journalist and the mayor of Irpin, Ukraine, reported seeing a family of two adults and two young children killed by Russian artillery, images of which were widely circulated around the world. Here's Secretary of State Antony Blinken over the weekend on CNN. What we're doing right now is documenting all of this, 
uh, putting it all together, looking at it, and making sure that uh, as people and the appropriate organizations and institutions investigate whether uh, war crimes have been or are being committed, that um, we can uh, support uh, whatever, whatever they're doing. International Criminal Court's chief prosecutor last week opened an investigation into Russia's conduct in Ukraine. Well, the Supreme Court left in place Monday an opinion by Pennsylvania's highest court that overturned comedian Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction, rejecting a bid from Pennsylvania prosecutors to review the decision. Cosby was convicted of aggravated indecent assault in 2018 for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constant in his Pennsylvania home in 2004. He was sentenced to three to ten years in state prison. He was released from prison in June after the state's Supreme Court overturned his sexual assault conviction on the grounds that his due process rights had been violated. The Pennsylvania State Supreme Court justices said in their opinion that a former Montgomery County District Attorney's decision to not prosecute Cosby in 2005 in return for his deposition in a civil case was ultimately used against him at trial. Here's accuser Shalon Lasha on CNN. It's been hard and to see him to get away like that and everything he done to myself. He ruined a perfect, innocent girl. In a statement on behalf of Cosby and his family, publicist Andrew Wyatt praised the justices for following the rules of law and protecting the constitutional rights of all American citizens. Well, sources are telling the New York Post that opening four borough jails to replace Rikers Island is becoming a politically explosive issue for Mayor Eric Adams amid outrage over the city's crime surge. Hence of the backlash that lies ahead surfaced at the inaugural ceremony for new Lower East Side Councilman Christopher Marte on February 27th. In a surprise announcement during his speech, Marte suggested that he had persuaded Adams to oppose opening the mega jail in Chinatown. A source who attended Marte's inaugural speech confirmed the councilman's remarks and was stunned at his claim that Adams opposed the jail. Here's Marte at a rally against the mega jail last month. If we build this structure, we're just going to be investing in that sense of what Mayor de Blasio thought was justice. The deal to close the Rikers jail complex in favor of community jails in every borough except Staten Island was approved in 2019 by former Mayor Bill de Blasio and many term-limited city council members who are no longer around. That action preceded the COVID-19 pandemic when crime was relatively low. 77 WABC Time Check 507. Joe Nolan's got your traffic and transit. Hey, what's going on? Well, good morning, and again, after all of that bad weather we had last night, it is uh, there are down trees, down wires, all kinds of problems, mainly on local streets, though. The main roads seem to be in pretty good shape. If you're on Route 22 in New Jersey at New Providence Road and Mountainside, there is a down tree, the right lane going to be out, and then also northbound 1 and 9 in Jersey City, right by County Road, Tunley Avenue. All lanes are shut down, that also with an accident. We've got a pretty big deal. New Jersey transit problem this morning. The Morrison-Essex line and the Gladstone branch, both are suspended. They've suffered extensive storm damage. That's what they're calling it. So if you're heading out onto the M&A or onto the Gladstone branch, there is no service. Now, tickets will be cross-honored on the Raritan Valley line and the montclair Booton line. Jersey transit buses also on private buses up that way as well. Now, down in central New Jersey, the Princeton Dinky is not running at all, the shuttle service. Also, New Jersey Transit's North Jersey coastline has a 20-minute delay. Same issues yesterday. They're still working on the tracks in Middletown. And alternate side of the street, parking rules and regulations are in effect. So no M&E, no Gladstone. Stump.
I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Joe Nolan, thank you. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today is sunny with a high near 48. After all this wind, there's still going to be a little bit sticking around. Later tonight, a slight chance of rain and snow after 4 a.m. Got some increasing clouds at the low around 34. Tomorrow, another chance of rain and possibly some snow before 9 a.m., then some rain right after that with a high near 42. Right now, it's about 45 degrees outside. Well, former President Donald Trump ridiculed his former Attorney General William Barr in a letter to NBC News anchor Lester Holt over the weekend. The former president's comments come days after Barr granted an extensive interview to Holt and NBC. What Trump's letter sent to the anchor at the network studios in Manhattan was first obtained by Axios. NBC had apparently asked Trump and his representatives for comment on a number of statements Barr made during his sit-down with interview with the anchor, which comes as the former head of the Justice Department promotes a new book about his time spent in Trump's administration. People really started going after me when they saw that I... Uh, was not going to take the uh, rubbish that was the Russiagate pseudo-scandal. I was going to deal with it. Last week, Barr told Holt that he believes Trump was broadly responsible for the events of January 6, 2021, Capitol riots. After parts of the interview aired late last week, Trump lashed out at Barr, calling him, quote, weak, weak, excuse me, and ineffective. Well, more on Trump in January 6. Republican lawmakers are warning that any Department of Justice prosecution of former President Trump will turn into a political battle, setting a high bar for A.G. Merrick Garland to act on an expected criminal referral from the House's January 6 committee. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol previewed its likely referral to the Justice Department in a court filing made public last week. Experts say the evidence assembled by House investigators would provide a strong reason for prosecutors to act. Here's California Representative Adam Schiff on the CBS's Face the Nation over the weekend. So I think the department is diligently pursuing those who attacked the Capitol that day. Yes. But there were multiple lines of effort to overturn the election that may have violated the law, which also should be investigated. Well, Republican lawmakers and strategists are warning that any federal prosecution of Trump will be accused of being politically motivated. Lawmakers also say this would boost Trump within the GOP and turn into a partisan fight at the time when President Biden is trying to keep his 2020 campaign promise to unify the country. Well, Russia continued to bomb Ukrainian civilians and even reportedly planted landmines along a human corridor that was supposed to be designed for safe evacuation early this week. This all while the Kremlin claimed it would begin several ceasefires to allow refugees to flee. Russian officials assured Ukraine that they would clear paths in its besieged cities of Kiev, Mariupol, Kharkiv and Sumy to allow civilians to pass safely. A senior Red Cross official told the BBC on Monday that agency workers trying to use the safe corridor out of Mariupol said the route had been booby-trapped with landmines. Here's Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. These are not people. There was an agreement on green corridors. Has it worked? What worked instead was Russian tanks, Russian mines. They even mined the road that it was agreed would be used to bring in food, medicines for children, for the people of Mariupol. They even destroyed buses that are meant to evacuate people. Ukrainian officials also scoffed at the Russian safe corridor proposal was a, quote, completely immoral trick anyway because the Kremlin's proposed escape routes would lead refugees into Russia or its ally Belarus, trapping Ukrainians once again. 
Well, a Russian diplomat taking part in renewed talks with Iran and Tehran said Tehran got much more than anyone expected as it negotiated with other nations to revive the 2015 nuclear deal. Here's lead negotiator Mikhail Ulyanov. Iranian colleagues are fighting for Iranian nuclear uh, national interests like lions. <laughs> Indeed, I'm very serious. They fight for every comma, every word. Uh, and uh, as a rule, quite successfully. Officials told Fox News a nuclear agreement involving the United States, China, Russia, and Iran is expected within days. The talks have been mired in uncertainty after Russia made last-minute demands that assured guarantees that the sanctions it faces over its invasion of Ukraine will not hurt trade with the country. The 2015 Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action sets limits on Iran's nuclear activity in exchange for a significant rollback of international sanctions. The Trump administration pulled the U.S. out of the deal amid concerns that the agreement did not do enough to curb Iran's nuclear ambitions, including the sunset clauses on restrictions. Well, intelligence sources say that Western governments are growing increasingly concerned about Russian activity in Moldova, fearing that Moscow could strike out beyond Ukraine into its eastern European neighbor. Sources familiar with Western intelligence assessments told Politico's London Playbook that fears are growing over the possibility of false flag attacks that could be used as a pretext to justify full-scale Russian military invention. Intervention. The site says that warning stems from a credible threat that Russian agents are operating inside the country in a, quote, repeat of events in the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine. There's also evidence that Russia could seek to build a land bridge between Odessa and Transnistria a week after Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko revealed a map apparently plotting troop movements into the region. Well, U.S. efforts to catch up with China and Russia in developing hypersonic weapons may be a setback after Lockheed Martin's air-launched missile suffered three consecutive test failures that left it on a tight schedule. This has put in doubt the Pentagon's goal to declare it America's first combat-ready hypersonic weapon and approve initial production by September 30th. China and Russia have conducted test launches and fielded their versions of the new weapons, which can travel about five times the speed of sound and maneuver in flight like a cruise missile, making him harder to detect and shoot down. The U.S. weapon faces several hurdles in a development phase now expected to cost at least $1.4 billion before it can be found to have, quote, early operation capability. The Air Force hasn't yet released an estimate of total acquisition costs or said how many of the weapons it wants. 77 WABC time check, 515... Sounds like it's time for sports with Justin Ellick, who's over there in Studio A. Hey, Justin. What's going on, Frank? Yes, indeed, it is time for sports, and I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Oh, look, hey, it's me. Hi, hello, good morning, happy Tuesday. We'll go with bad news first here this morning and begin on the ice where the Islanders fell at home to the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado's Nathan McKinnon stood out with a goal and two assists and route to the 5-4 win to help the Avalanche snap a mini two-game skid. Colorado will make the short commute from Elmont to Newark as they're set to face off with the Devils tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. And the Isles will get a breather here until Thursday night when they're scheduled to host the Columbus Blue Jackets. As for your hockey blue shirts, look out for them this evening in Minnesota at 8 p.m. Eastern time to battle the Wild. Now for the good news, as the Knickerbockers took to the hardwood last night in Sacramento to give us a flash of the team they could have been this season, Julius Randle had a game-long flashback to last season's version of himself as he hit eight 
three-pointers on his way to a career-high 46 points and a 131-115 to Knicks win. R.J. Barrett followed Randall with 29 points, and Emmanuel quickly added 27 of his own as New York will try and make it three straight wins in Dallas tomorrow night against the Grizzlies. The Nets are set to play in Charlotte tonight against the Hornets. That tip-off is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now for some shocking news out of the NFL yesterday. As Atlanta Falcons star wideout Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. Detailed in a statement released by the NFL yesterday, it appears Ridley gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November of 2021 while he was spending time on the non-football injury list to address his mental health. In a series of tweets Monday following the NFL's announcement, Ridley said he bet $1,500 total and that he, quote, doesn't have a gambling problem. Hmm. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick, thank you very much. All right, uh, 77 WABC time check coming up on 517. Joe Nolan's got your traffic and transit. What's going on there, Joe? Well, we had a pretty good storm last night. I don't know where you guys were, but it was... (laughs) In New Jersey, where I live. And if you're on 1 and 9, the northbound side, all lanes are closed at County Road. And again, that because of an accident. Also, Route 22 in New Prov- rather uh, at New Providence Road in Mountainside, there's a down tree right lane going to be out. So as you come eastbound on Route 22, there are going to be probably some pretty big delays as we get going here. Verizontal Bridge, the upper level in both directions. Again, still shut down. Uh, they still have some windy conditions there. Trucks are okay to go on the lower level. The big problem this morning is going to be on the rails. The Morris and Essex line, the Gladstone branch suspended. Extensive storm damage. That's New Jersey Transit's words. Tickets are being cross-honored on the Raritan Valley and the Montclair Booten line. Jersey Transit trains, or Jersey Transit buses, rather, and also on private buses. So no Morris and Essex or Gladstone this morning. Now, the Princeton Dinky, the shuttle service that goes in downtown Princeton to the Northeast Corridor, that also suspended this morning. And New Jersey Transit trains still have those 20-minute delays on the uh, North Jersey coastline, that because of the ongoing track work. Coming in from the island, we're good, at least so far, just building normally on the LIE northern southern states. Same thing coming up through lower Brooklyn, starting to build up a little bit, a little bit of a break check along the way. No major deals. And alternate side of the street parking rules once again today are going back. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The great Joe Nolan. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We got some sun today with a high near 48. We're still going to feel some of that wind that we felt overnight. Tuesday night, we got a slight chance of rain and snow after 4 a.m. Uh, increasing clouds with a low around 34. Tomorrow, we got a chance of rain and some more snow before 9 a.m. Then some rain for the rest of the day, a high near 42. Right now, it's about partly cloudy and about 41 degrees outside the 77 WABC studios. Well, oil is looking pretty expensive now. Here's Frank Morano with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. A rough day for the stock market yesterday amidst this continuing war in Ukraine and the accompanying concern about inflation, particularly in the energy sector. Also some concerns about supply chain shortages, including for food. The Dow Jones down 797 points. The Nasdaq down 482 points. And the S&P 500 down 127 points. Traders piled into options that oil could surge even further after rising to the highest since 2008, with some even placing low-cost bets that futures surpassed $200 before the end of March. Prices to buy call options at higher prices surged yesterday as the market assessed the possibility of a supply cutoff 
from Russia, one of the world's biggest exporters. J.P. Morgan Chase and company said last week that Brent crude could end the year at $185 a barrel should Russian supplies continue to be disrupted. As Western tech companies halt sales to Russia following its invasion of Ukraine, their Chinese rivals have an opportunity to capitalize on their departure. Chinese tech giants, however, have stayed silent and show no signs of joining the exit. Many have built strong ties in Russia over recent decades, capturing more than 40% of the market for some tech products. They often take their cue from Beijing, which has declared its opposition to U.S. sanctions. Deloitte and EY, two of the world's largest accounting firms, announced on Monday that they would pull out of Russia, joining the other so-called Big Four firms, KPMG International and PwC, which said on Sunday that they would quit the country after its invasion of Ukraine. The firm said these groups are structured as partnerships of local firms, so the businesses in Russia can continue to operate but will no longer be a part of their umbrella networks. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report on 77 WABC. Dow futures up slightly, S&P 500 and NASDAQ all up just a a few percentage points. Uh, Crude oil up almost 2% at over $121 a barrel. The WABC Early News. Well, Mayor Eric Adams Monday asked parents of young children to trust him as the city continues to mandate that kids under the age of five remain masked in public schools. The mayor's comments came the same day that New York City dropped masking rules for K-12 public school students and removed all key to New York City rules for indoor businesses. Changes mean that all children over the age of five can go without masks in virtually all indoor settings. However, younger children are required to remain masked. Here he is on New York One. And those children, they understand it because they trust their parents and they trust their leadership. They're not tainted like adults. You know, They still feel uh, that we have to make the right decisions for them. And I'm with the parents. I want those masks off. I said it in January, but I have to do it right to make sure our city uh, protects its children and don't close down the city again. Adams faced sharp criticism from parents over the decision, including a lawsuit that will challenge the constitutionality of the Department of Health's mandate in the state Supreme Court. According to Michael Chester, the attorney filing the lawsuit, an interim ruling from the court could come within the next five days with a final ruling in a month or so. Speaking on that lawsuit, roughly 100 parents and children gathered in front of City Hall Monday to protest continuing mask mandates for the city's youngest kids. The rally goers mentioned the lawsuit that will challenge the ongoing face covering requirement for children under age four. Participants argue that COVID-19 does not pose a significant risk to young kids and that numbers from the American Academy of Pediatrics bolster their argument. The organization found that 0.1% to 1.5% of child COVID cases resulted in hospitalization and almost no deaths. Mayor Eric Adams has delicately defended his decision in recent days, arguing that masking is necessary for younger kids because they're not yet eligible to get vaccinated. Well, more from Eric Adams. Pressed Monday about the delay in their rollout, Mayor Eric Adams said the first group of officers in the NYPD's hybrid plainclothes police squad will hit the streets within the next week or so. During an appearance on Fox 5's Good Day New York, Adams stressed the importance of sufficient training for the cops in the neighborhood safety teams. 
created to combat soaring gun violence so they don't repeat past mistakes. We're, we're doubling down on our uh, how we deploy in our police. You're going to see that visual uh, presence of our police. We're moving into the phase of uh, moving police officers from clerical duties. Uh, we're really going to start using our resources and taxpayers' dollars to go after the crime in this, in this city. It was unclear how many cops would be part of the initial rollout. Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell has not publicly disclosed the timetable for the rollout of the new squad. A police official later told reporters about 490 neighborhood safety cops would hit the streets sometime next week. Well, city records show wrongful murder convictions cost city taxpayers roughly $43 million in lawsuit settlements in the last seven months, including a $13 million payout to a man who spent 25 years in prison. Samuel Brownridge got the $13 million payout, the biggest of the six recent awards. Brownridge was locked up for the 1995 execution-style killing of Daryl Adams in St. Albans, Queens. He says in a federal lawsuit that an NYPD detective buried evidence pointing to his innocence, including including false witness testimony. Five other men who spent years in prison after being wrongfully convicted of homicide have also been compensated by the city in the last seven months. One example is Hugh Burton, who spent 20 years in prison on charges of killing his mother in their Bronx apartment. Burton, who was 16 at the time of the 1989 slaying, got $11 million after claiming that detectives coerced him into confessing. Well, a group of rowdy teens have harassed and attacked workers in an East Village deli near Tompkins Square Park for months, but the police have done nothing about it, the store owner tells news. Jay Patel, owner of Sheen Brothers Deli at 157 Avenue B, says he has called the police time and again about the, time of the teen errors, but cops have told them that their hands are tied. And one security video, teens punch a clerk repeatedly in the face and then try to push their way in as workers defend the doorway. And another, a teen strikes at a worker with a stick, and in a third, they throw a metal can and a tray of energy bars at an employee's head. Patel told PIX11 the attacks have always been inexplicably random. Still, and they fight, sometimes come in morning time, sometimes come in evening time, sometimes come in the night time. Patel spent about $7,000 on an automatic gate and a buzzer system as extra security. Customers essentially have to be buzzed in and out of the bodega. NYPD figures show incidents are part of a larger pattern in the 9th Precinct, which covers the East Village. Police records show that as of February 27th, overall crime in that precinct was up 58% this year. Well, the Daily News has learned that Manhattan DA's office is scrutinizing the NYPD's arrest of an advocate for homeless people on charges that prosecutors swiftly rejected. The bizarre November 10th, 2021 confrontation between the volunteer Derek DeMaria and Lieutenant Jermaine Aden and police officer Mohammed Kader was in Tompkins Square Park was captured on cell phone video obtained by the Daily News. Possession is stolen property. Are you kidding me? How pretty that was vouchered for? We've, we are on film vouching for it, for as our belongings. DeMaria says he was assisting people as the cops booted them from the East Village Park. 77 WABC time check 527. 
It's time for Traffic and Transit with Joe Nolan. How is it out there still, Joe? Well, it's still doing pretty well coming in from the island. Really not that much uh, traffic, at least not yet, coming inbound on the LIE. Northern and Southern State Parkways, all three moving along at a pretty good clip. You do have a couple of brake checks along the way, but nothing, you know, overly horrible coming inbound on any of them. Now, we are going to be looking, you know, now they're just, as I'm just looking at this map, it just updated. And as you start to get in towards the area of Little Lake Parkway now, very, very heavy and slow. So don't uh, be surprised if there's an accident along the way there, right by the Cross Island Parkway. Now, as you travel northbound 109, all lanes are closed to County Road. That accident continues eastbound Route 22, that down tree in the right lane, right by New Providence Road. Now, New Jersey Transit Trains, the Morrison-Essex Line, the Gladstone Branch, suspended this morning. They have storm damage. The tickets are being cross-honored on the Raritan Valley Line, also on the montclair Booton Line. Jersey Transit buses, also private carriers. The Princeton Dinky is not operating this morning as well. And also New Jersey Transit, 20-minute delays on the North Jersey coastline. And again, that because of the track work we told you about yesterday. Long Island Railroad, Metro North, good and alternate side of the street. Parking rules and regulations once again today are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny today with a high near 40. We're still going to feel some of that wind that we felt earlier uh, last night. Later tonight, we've got a slight chance of rain and snow after 4 a.m., increasing clouds at the low around 34. Tomorrow, chance of rain and snow before 9 o'clock, then some rain for the rest of the day, high near 42. Right now, it's about 41 degrees and partly cloudy. Well, Queen Elizabeth has many homes, but it's unlikely she'll ever permanently return to the most famous among them, a Buckingham Palace. The Sunday Times reported that this 95-year-old monarch who has been based at Windsor Castle for two years since the start of the COVID pandemic is not expected to return to the iconic London Palace to live. The spokesman at Buckingham Palace did not comment on the report, but the Queen is continuing to carry out a variety of engagements and official duties, and a royal source stresses that Buckingham Palace will remain at the central base of the monarchy. The Queen relocated to Windsor Castle, which is located about 20 miles outside of London, when the pandemic hit in March of 2020. It's not believed she'll return to State Buckingham Palace since then. Coming up on 5.30, we'll be right back after this. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Frank Diaz in for Deb Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. It's the top five at 530. A third set of peace talks between Russia and Ukraine ended yesterday with little progress between the warring nations. Russia says it will halt its attacks if the Ukraine agrees to give up three key regions. The United States is collecting evidence of possible war crimes and violations of international law by Russia during the ongoing invasion. The Supreme Court left in place an opinion that overturned comedian Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction and rejecting a bid to review the decision. Opening four borough jails to replace Rikers Island is becoming a politically explosive issue for Mayor Eric Adams amid outrage over the city's crime surge. Well, a third set of peace talks between Russia and Ukraine ended Monday with little progress as a Ukrainian official said the Kremlin was engaging in, quote, tactics reminiscent of a medieval siege warfare. After the talks broke up, Ukrainian negotiator Mikhail Podolyak tweeted, there are small positive subductions in improving the logistics of humanitarian corridors. Intensive consultations have continued on the basic political block of the regulations, along with a ceasefire and security guarantees. Here's Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. 
We are realists. We will continue talking and insist on talking until we find a way that will allow us to tell our nation, here is how we will secure peace. Peace. We must be aware that each day of fighting, each day of resistance, creates better conditions for us, makes our position stronger to guarantee our future in the world. Meanwhile, French news agency AFP reported that Russia's main negotiator said Moscow's expectations are, quote, not fulfilled. The latest negotiation attempt came as Russia continued to pound its neighbor with bombs and bullets on the 12th day of its brutal invasion. President Vladimir Putin's spokesperson said Russia has told Ukraine it will halt its invasion in a moment if Kyiv agrees to give up three key regions. Moscow is demanding Ukraine cease military action, acknowledge Crimea as Russian territory, and recognize the separatist republics of Donetsk and Lugansk as independent states. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said Ukraine was aware of the demands. Peskov did not reveal whether Russian troops would withdraw completely from Ukraine if the conditions were met, only that the fighting would stop. Here he is on I-24 News. Objectives are very simple, and they were actually explained by, by our president, President Putin. We want to see demilitarized Ukraine. We want to see Ukraine free uh, from uh, Nazi ideology and Nazi elements. The deadly invasion, which provoked outrage across the world and led to heavy sanctions on Moscow, has already heavily pounded cities, including Kiev, Kharkiv, and Mariupol. Well, a National Security Council spokesperson told NBC News on Monday that the United States is collecting evidence of possible war crimes human rights excuse me, abuses and violations of international law by Russia during the ongoing Ukraine invasion. The statement comes as Russia has been widely condemned for its attack on Ukraine, which has included shelling of civilian areas that it's driven more than a million and a half people out of the country. It also comes a day after a New York Times journalist and the mayor of Irpin, Ukraine, reported seeing a family of two adults and two young children killed by Russian artillery images of which were widely circulated, circulated around the world. His Secretary of State Antony Blinken over the weekend on CNN. What we're doing right now is documenting all of this, uh, putting it all together, looking at it, and making sure that uh, as people and the appropriate organizations and institutions investigate whether uh, war crimes have been or are being committed, that um, we can uh, support uh, whatever, whatever they're doing. The International Criminal Court's chief prosecutor last week opened an investigation into Russia's conduct in Ukraine. Well, the Supreme Court left in place Monday an opinion by Pennsylvania's highest court that overturned comedian Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction, rejecting a bid from Pennsylvania prosecutors to review the decision. Cosby was convicted of aggravated indecent assault in 2018 for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constant in his Pennsylvania home in 2004. He was sentenced to three to ten years in a state prison. He was released from the prison in June after the state Supreme Court overturned his sexual assault conviction on the grounds that his due process rights had been violated. The Pennsylvania State Supreme Court justices said their, their opinion that a former Montgomery County District Attorney's decision to not prosecute Cosby in 2005 in return for his deposition in civil cases ultimately used against him in a trial. Here's Shellen Lasha on CNN. It's been hard and to see him to get away like that and everything he done to myself. He ruined a perfect, innocent girl. 77 WABC time check 537. 
Let's get a look at the roads and the rails with Joe Nolan. Hey, Joe. All righty. Heavy but moving as you come inbound now on the Gowanus BQE coming away from pretty much the Prospect Expressway up through the trench and then all the way on up to the Brooklyn Bridge. And again, as you travel on the Long Island Expressway, we were telling you last time about delays coming westbound in through Little Neck Parkway. Looks like there might have been a stall there off on the side of the road where the other trouble spot in the city is going to be on the Van Wyke. That with construction as you head northbound as you start to get up towards the area of uh, yeah, right around Liberty Avenue. So as you head northbound, you've got that. Now, Route 22 eastbound New Providence Road in New Jersey and Mountainside, that down tree in the right lane, that will continue. Northbound 1 and 9, all lanes remain closed at County Road in Jersey City. That with an accident. New Jersey Transit Trains, Morris and Essex and the Gladstone Branch suspended this morning. Extensive storm damage along the way. Tickets will be cross-honored on the Raritan Valley Line, also on the Montclair Booten Line, Jersey Transit buses and private carriers. The Princeton Shuttle has been suspended this morning and 20-minute delays on the North Jersey coastline. And again, that because of track work. Altered its out-of-the-street parking rules and regulations again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WAB. Thanks, Joe. Your yep. forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center today is sunny with a high near 48. We still got some wind left over from overnight. Tuesday night, a slight chance of rain and snow after about 4 a.m. with some increasing clouds, a low around 34. Later tomorrow, a chance of rain and snow before 9 a.m., then rain with a high near 42. Right now, it's partly cloudy and about 41 degrees outside. Well, President Biden kept mulling a possible ban on Russian oil imports Monday as a bipartisan alliance in Congress moved to force his hand while the White House argued the Keystone XL pipeline wasn't needed to offset the effects of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. I would note that what the president is most focused on is ensuring we are continuing to take steps uh, to deliver punishing economic consequences on Putin while taking all action necessary to limit the impact to prices at the gas pump. That allowing construction of the Keystone XL oil pipeline from Canada into the U.S. would not help alleviate pain at the pump. Biden canceled the project last year after taking office. Biden scrapped the pipeline after environmentalists argued that the U.S. should move away from the use of fossil fuels. Saki also pointed out that Western European countries import much more fuel from Russia than does the United States. Soon after, as NATO allies across the Atlantic said, they would not join a U.S. oil and natural gas embargo of Russia. Well, an outside group headed by former Vice President Mike Pence will now spend about $10 million on new advertisements tying potentially vulnerable House Democrats to the Biden administration. The advertisements airing in 11 states urge incumbent Democrats to support American energy production rather than relying on Russian oil. Pence himself does not appear in the ad paid for by advancing American freedom, the outside issue advocacy group he founded. A bipartisan group of lawmakers have backed bans on Russian oil in recent days after the February 24th invasion of Ukraine. Speaker Nancy Pelosi said last week she would entertain a ban. Here's Pence on Fox Business. People are dying, Larry, and the American people understand that every dollar that we send to Russia at $115 a barrel is being used to finance this, this war effort in Ukraine. Pence has slowly raised his profile in recent months as he considers his own political future. 
Well, uh, along one of America's safest cities, Seattle has seen over 600 shootings and shots fired incidents last year, nearly double its average before the pandemic. The city has just experienced its two worst years for homicides since the 1990s, which when murder rates were at all-time highs. Dan Satterberg, the top county prosecutor, recently filed murder charges against a 14-year-old alleged to have randomly gunned down one man in January and another in October. In over 30 years, as a prosecutor, he said, he couldn't recall charging a person so young with two killings. Well, Seattle is one of many U.S. cities from Los Angeles to Chicago to New York that has seen shootings and killings jump since the onset of the pandemic. Officials point to a range of factors, such as the social and institutional chaos wrought by the pandemic, which stalled efforts by community groups that steer young people away from crime. Officials also cite fallout from the sweeping protests over police killings, which led to a push to defund the police and a pullback by officers. Well, Major League Baseball reacted angrily to the latest offer by locked-out players when bargaining resumed on Sunday, accusing the union of backtracking and showing no sign of a breakthrough to get the derailed season back on track. The sides talked for about 95 minutes on the 95th day of the lockout, largely restating their positions to each other. Commissioner Rob Manfred last week canceled the first two seasons of the season for each team, First two games, excuse me, a total of 91 games. This was the first meeting since then coming in the first season delayed by labor stripe since 1995. We're prepared to continue negotiations. We've been informed that the MLBPA is headed back to New York, meaning that no agreement is possible until at least Thursday. Trying to resolve baseball's second-longest labor stop is that sides remain afar apart on luxury tax, the minimum salaries, and the proposed bonus pool for pre-arbitration-eligible players. The union led the bonus pool by $5 million to $80 million, but left its proposals for the luxury tax and minimum salary unchanged. Well, a Russian commander captured by Ukraine condemned Moscow's genocide invasion, saying in a remarkable televised statement that the troops were duped into believing that Kiev had been overthrown by Nazis and needed liberating. National Guard Lieutenant Colonel Ashtakov Dmitry Mikhailovich, who was captured along with two other soldiers, said he had been told they were being sent to help Ukraine because it was a, quote, dominated by a fascist regime and that nationalists and Nazis had seized power. The colonel said his doubts were further confirmed when he found out that his favorite boxers, Ukrainians Alexander Usyk and Vasily Lomachenko, planned to fight for the resistance. The captive begged for mercy from Ukrainians and said he was ready to go to jail for taking part in the brutal offensive. Telling reporters that he was speaking freely, the high-ranking officer apologized to the Ukrainian citizens who have come under direct fire by the invading forces. The POW also urged Ukraine to let Russian troops live. As the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues unabated, Israel is now acting as a mediator to the conflict. Israel's Prime Minister Naftali Bennett kicked off the mediation efforts by meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin and holding a series of calls with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky this weekend. Here's Bennett. It's the responsibility of the major players in the world to act rapidly to get the two sides out of the battlefield and to the negotiating table. Bennett also traveled to Berlin to meet with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Israel's offer to mediate the conflict came at the behest of Zelensky, according to Reuters. 
77 WABC time check, 545. It's uh, just about time to hear Justin Ella talk about who won and who lost with your sports report. Hey, Justin. Yep, you got the right idea there, Frank. Uh, that is the contents of a sports update from your boy, Justin Ellick, here with your early news sports update. We'll go with bad news here the, uh, first this morning and begin on the ice where the Islanders fell at home to the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado's Nathan McKinnon stood out with a goal and two assists and route to the 5-4 to four win to help the Avalanche snap a mini two-game skid. Colorado will make the short commute from Elmont to Newark as they're set to face off the Devils tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And the Owls will get a breather here until Thursday night when they're scheduled to host the Columbus Blue Jackets. As for your hockey blue shirts, look out for the Rangers this evening in Minnesota at 8 p.m. Eastern time to battle the Wild. Now for the good news. As the Knickerbockers took to the hardwood last night in Sacramento to give us a flash of the team they could have been this season, Julius Randle had a game-long flashback to last season's version of himself as he hit eight three-pointers on his way to a career-high 46 points and a 131-115 to Knicks win. R.J. Barrett followed Randle with 29 points, and Emmanuel quickly added 27 of his own as New York will try and make it three straight wins in Dallas tomorrow night against the Grizzlies. The Nets are set to play in Charlotte tonight against the Hornets. That tip-off is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. Some shocking news out of the NFL yesterday as well as Atlanta Falcons star wideout Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. Detailed in a statement released by the NFL yesterday, it appears Ridley gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November of 2021 while he was spending time on the non-football injury list to address his mental health. In a series of tweets Monday following the NFL's announcement, Ridley said he bet $1,500 total and, quote, doesn't have a gambling problem. So we'll see about that. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Thanks a lot, Justin. You're, uh, excuse me, uh, let's go do uh, traffic and transit because it's 547. Let's see what's going on with Joe Nolan over there. All righty, we're going to start now on 1 and 9 in New Jersey and Jersey City. All lanes are closed to County Road. That accident's still there, still being cleared. Same thing on Route 22, that down tree eastbound coming into New Providence Road. Right lane going to be out, and again, that would be in Mountainside. Now, if you're traveling at really pretty much any of the bridges, the suspension bridges in the city, uh, they are going to have wind restrictions, so just be ready for that. Inbound Gowanus BQE, heavy but moving from the Prospect on up to the Brooklyn Bridge. Northbound of the Van White, we're bumper to bumper coming up to Liberty Avenue. The right lane is out there, that for construction. Now, New Jersey Transit Trains, this is the big problem. This morning, the Morris and Essex and the Gladstone branch both suspended. There is extensive storm damage along the way. Now, tickets are being cross-honored on the Raritan Valley line, also on the montclair Booton line, Jersey Transit buses and private carriers. Now, Princeton Dinky also suspended and 20-minute delays on the North Jersey coastline. That was the same as yesterday. They're doing that track work in Middletown. So there's no Morris and Essex, no Gladstone this morning, and they are cross-honoring. Alternate side is in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe. Well, your yep. forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center today, we've got some sun with a high near 48. So it's still going to be kind of warm, but not as warm as yesterday. We've got some wind left over from last night. Later tonight, we've got a slight chance of rain mixed with some snow after 4 a.m. We've got some increasing clouds at a low around 34. Tomorrow, uh, more chance of rain and some snow before at 9 o'clock. Then some more rain later on. we got a high near 42 right now. We've got some clouds hanging out outside, about 41 degrees outside the 77 WABC studios. Well, the goings-on that's happening in Ukraine are not making the world's business leaders very happy. Here's Frank Morano with your business report. 
I'm Frank Moreno with your business report. A rough day for the stock market yesterday amidst this continuing war in Ukraine and the accompanying concern about inflation, particularly in the energy sector. Also some concerns about supply chain shortages, including for food. The Dow Jones down 797 points. The Nasdaq down 482 points and the S&P 500 down 127 points. Traders piled into options that oil could surge even further after rising to the highest since 2008, with some even placing low-cost bets that futures surpassed $200 before the end of March. Prices to buy call options at higher prices surged yesterday as the market assessed the possibility of a supply cutoff from Russia, one of the world's biggest exporters. J.P. Morgan Chase and company said last week that Brent crude could end the year at $185 a barrel should Russian supplies continue to be disrupted. As Western tech companies halt sales to Russia following its invasion of Ukraine, their Chinese rivals have an opportunity to capitalize on their departure. Chinese tech giants, however, have stayed silent and show no signs of joining the exit. Many have built strong ties in Russia over recent decades, capturing more than 40% of the market for some tech products. They often take their cue from Beijing, which has declared its opposition to U.S. sanctions. Deloitte and EY, two of the world's largest accounting firms, announced on Monday that they would pull out of Russia, joining the other so-called Big Four firms, KPMG International and PwC, which said on Sunday that they would quit the country after its invasion of Ukraine. The firm said these groups are structured as partnerships of local firms so the businesses in Russia can continue to operate but will no longer be a part of their umbrella networks. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report on 77 WABC. Dow Jones and S&P 500 uh, up slightly this morning. Nasdaq's down about a tenth of a percent. Gold, silver looking pretty good right now. Crude oil up 3% to $123 a barrel. It's the WABC Early News. Well, Mayor Eric Adams on Monday asked parents of young children to trust him as the city continues to the mandate that kids are under the age of five remain masked in public schools. The mayor's comments come the same day that New York City dropped masking rules for K-12 through public school students and removed all the key to New York City rules for indoor businesses. The changes mean that all children over the age of five can go without masks in virtually all indoor settings. However, younger children are required to remain masked. Here he is on New York One. And those children, they understand it because they trust their parents and they trust their leadership. They're not tainted like adults. You know, They still feel uh, that we have to make the right decisions for them. And I'm with the parents. I want those masks off. I said it in January, but I have to do it right to make sure our city uh, protects its children and don't close down the city again. Adams had faced sharp criticism from parents over the decision, including a lawsuit that will challenge the constitutionality of the Department of Health's mandate in the state Supreme Court. According to Michael Chester, the attorney filing the lawsuit, an interim ruling from the court could come within the next five days with a final ruling in a month or so. Well, speaking on that lawsuit, more roughly 100 parents and children gathered in front of City Hall yesterday to protest continuing mask mandates for the city's youngest kids. The rally goers mentioned the lawsuit that will challenge the ongoing face covering requirement for children under the age of four. 
Participants argued that COVID-19 does not pose a significant risk to young kids and that numbers from the American Academy of Pediatrics bolster their argument. The organization found that about 0.1% to 1.5% of children of child COVID cases resulted in hospitalization and there have nearly been have been nearly no deaths. Mayor Eric Adams has delicately defended his decision in recent days, arguing that masking is necessary for younger kids because they aren't yet eligible for vaccines. More from the mayor. Uh, pressed on Monday about the delay in their rollout, Mayor Adams said that the first group of officers in the NYPD's hybrid plainclothes police squad will hit the streets within the next week or so. During an appearance on Fox 5's Good Day New York, Adams stressed the importance of sufficient training for the cops in the neighborhood safety teams created to combat soaring gun violence so they don't make repeat past mistakes. We're, we're doubling down on our uh, how we deploying our police. You're going to see that visual uh, presence of our police. We're moving into the phase of uh, moving police officers from clerical duties. Uh, we're really going to start using our resources and taxpayers' dollars to go after the crime in this, in this city. It was unclear how many of the cops would be part of the initial rollout. Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell has not publicly disclosed the timetable for the rollout of the new squad. A police official later told reporters uh, nearly 500 neighborhood safety cops would hit the streets sometime next week. Well, city records show that wrongful murder convictions cost city taxpayers about $43 million in lawsuit settlements in the last seven months, including a $13 million payout to a man who spent 25 years in prison. Samuel Brownridge got the $13 million payout, the biggest of the six awards. Brownridge was locked up for the 1995 execution-style killing of Daryl Adams in St. Albans, Queens. He says in a federal lawsuit that an NYPD detective buried evidence pointing to his innocence, including a false witness testimony. Five other men who spent years in prison after being wrongfully convicted of homicide have also been compensated by the city in the last seven months. One example is Hugh Burton, who spent 20 years in prison on charges of killing his mother in their Bronx apartment. Burton, who was 16 at the time of the 1989 slaying, got a $11 million after claiming that detectives coerced him into confessing. Well, a group of rowdy teens have harassed and attacked workers in an East Village deli near Tompkins Square Park for months, but the police have done nothing about it. Jay Patel, owner of Sheen Brothers Deli at 157 Avenue B, says he's gotten called. He's called the police time and time again about the teen terrors, but cops have told them their hands are full. In one security video, teens punch a clerk repeatedly in the face and then try to push their way in as workers defend the doorway. And another, a teen strikes a worker with a stick. And in the third, they throw a metal can and a tray of energy bars at the employee's head. Patel told PIX11 the attacks always been inexplicably random. Still, and they fight. Sometimes come in morning time, sometimes come in evening time, sometimes come in in the night time. Patel spent about seven grand on an automatic gate and buzzer system as extra security because customers now have to be buzzed in if you want to get in and out of the store. Well, NYPD figures show the incidents are part of a larger pattern in the 9th Precinct, which covers uh, parts of the East Village. Uh, police records show that as of February 27th, overall crime in the 9th Precinct was up about 60% this year. Well, the Daily News has learned that the Manhattan DA's office is scrutinizing the NYPD's arrest of an advocate for homeless people on charges that prosecutors swiftly rejected. The bizarre November 10th, 2021 confrontation between the volunteer Derek DeMaria 
Lieutenant Jermaine Auden and police officer Mohammed Kader in Tompkins Square Park was captured on cell phone by the uh, Daily News. Possession of stolen property? Are you kidding me? Property that was vouchered for? We've, we are on film vouching for it, for as our belongings. The Maria says he was assisting people as the cops booted them from the East Village Park before he was arrested. 557-77 WABC time check. It's time to look at your last traffic and transit for the hour with Joe Nolan. Hey, Joe. Well, again, good morning. And as you're traveling on 1 and 9 northbound, that remains shut down. County Road in Jersey City. That accident continues. We're also looking at delays eastbound on Route 22, New Providence Road and Mountainside of Down Tree. Again, the right lane out of service. Now, the Gowanus BQE, heavy but moving pretty much at this point. Industry City up to the Brooklyn Bridge. If you're westbound, Long Island Expressway, you're slow coming into Queens. And then again, pretty much from 108th Street in through Queens Boulevard. But heavy but moving is probably better. Very heavy, though. Northbound on the Van Wyck at Liberty Avenue. Again, that right lane construction. That will continue. The rest of the roadways coming in from the island northern state and the southern state both seem to be in pretty good shape now jersey transit the morris and essex line and the gladstone branch again both suspended extensive storm damage from the overnight uh, tickets will be cross-honored on the raritan valley line or the montclair Booton line jersey transit buses and private carriers now princeton uh, the shuttle the dinky that not operating this morning and 20 minute delays on the north jersey coastline again we told you about that yesterday during that track work in middletown and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe. Your forecast yep. from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A sunny today with a high of 48. Northwest wind 14 to 18 miles an hour. Tuesday night, we got a slight chance of rain and snow after 4 a.m. Increasing clouds, low around 34. Wednesday, a chance of rain and snow before 9 a.m. Then rain, the high near 42. Right now, it's about 41 degrees and cloudy. All right, Bernie and Sid, coming up today is International Women's Day, so we've got a litany of uh, female guests today. We've got Emily Pankow, who is the legal counsel of Red Apple Media, Judge Janine Pirro, Nancy Lieberman, as well as City, uh, excuse me, Lydia Reports at 825 this morning. You don't want to miss it. Be early tomorrow.